0: This episode is sponsored by Santa Cruz Works, your connection to our area's thriving tech and business community. With over 5,000 members, Santa Cruz Works gives you access, the largest monthly tech events, solutions for your startups and businesses, connections to the hottest jobs, and the latest news about local companies, their stories, and best practices. Subscribe free to the Santa Cruz Works weekly newsletter today, santacruzworks.org slash podcast.
1: I'm Stephen Baxter.
0: And I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman.
1: This is Santa Cruz Local. This episode is about solutions. How can we get out of this coronavirus lockdown? But before we do that, we have to understand the problem. Here's Mimi Hall. She's the Santa Cruz County Health Services Agency Director. She spoke at a Board of Supervisors meeting this Tuesday.
2: There's a huge demand for testing. And in an ideal world, we would have broad availability of testing so that we could have the N number. We could understand of all of those people that were testing, how many actually become positive. That gives us good epidemiological data, but we don't have that capacity. So from the very beginning of this, we have approached this as community spread. Our testing capacity is ramping up, but it's still not enough to truly get what we need for the end. So it's being limited right now to folks who are hospitalized, who are high risk, healthcare workers with known or potential exposure, because the utility of that is really important in terms of isolation or strategies. For the general public, we are asking everybody, if you're not symptomatic, testing is not of good utility. If you're symptomatic and you have cold, cough, flu symptoms, we ask you to treat yourself as if you are COVID positive or as if you have any other um, illness. And please stay home and self-isolate because um, you will overwhelm the system with testing.
1: When Mimi talks about the N, she's talking about the total number of people infected, we don't have a good handle on who is infected because we don't have enough testing. And they're rationing tests for healthcare workers and people who have been hospitalized. As of Tuesday, Santa Cruz County had received results from a total of 178 COVID tests. Of those, 24 were positive. That's not very many tests. And that's a big reason why we have a widespread lockdown. Everyone has to presume they have it. Everyone needs to limit contacts. And local health experts agree. That's exactly what we should be doing right now. It saves our healthcare system from becoming overloaded, and that's critical. But it also comes at a cost. Businesses are shuttering, kids are no longer in school, and our local economy is suffering. And this may be just the start of our shelter-in-place order, according to county epidemiologists. We have to wait for one of three things to happen. Either a vaccine, or a treatment, or herd immunity. A vaccine or treatment could take several months, or maybe a year or more. Herd immunity, when enough people have recovered from the disease and are resistant, that could also take a while. But if we lift the lockdown before then, the virus will spread quickly.
0: But what if there's another way? Can we ease this lockdown in a safe way? Today, we're going to look at some potential solutions from elsewhere in the world. There's a model that's been used in South Korea, Taiwan, and Singapore to suppress the spread of the coronavirus. Leaders in the public health world are advocating for it. It's not a perfect model, and it may not work for us, but we think you should know about it. There's three steps, test, trace, and quarantine. Here's Marm Kilpatrick. He's a professor at UC Santa Cruz. He studies infectious diseases.
3: The basic idea is to try to find out who's infected. And then once we find out that a person is infected, we try to trace back and find out who they might already have infected and test them as well. And then, of course, we try to get all these people that we now know are infected that have tested positive to isolate themselves and not contact any other people so they don't lead to additional infection.
0: This isn't anything new. It's pretty basic. It's what disease experts call shoe leather epidemiology. Other countries were able to do this because they had the testing capability. The US didn't, and for a lot of reasons. This model involves a team of investigators out in the field. They interview people, they review security camera footage. Basically, they're trying to find everyone who's come in contact with those who have tested positive. Countries like Singapore, Taiwan, and South Korea have used this method to suppress the virus. They have not had to use long and drastic lockdowns. For sure, those countries have some movement restrictions like travel bans, but in Singapore and Taiwan, for example, schools and workplaces are open. In South Korea, schools are closed, but businesses are open. Of those three countries, South Korea has had the most successful response to the coronavirus. South Korea has flattened its curve of new infections. Singapore and Taiwan also have shown some success at limiting new cases, but they're not finished yet. Santa Cruz County's health department expects a spike in confirmed cases in the next three weeks. To ease the lockdown, the county would need to reduce its number of cases. That would make it easier to trace all recent contacts, Marm says.
3: Before we could implement a strategy like this, we would actually need to reduce the cases down to a manageable number. So in Santa Cruz, that would probably be having a number of infected people in the tens, the kind of low tens, something like, you know, 20, 30 people or something like that. We could conceivably test, find their contacts, find those that are infected and get them to isolate.
0: There are at least four criteria for Santa Cruz County to try this model, Marm says. One, increased testing capacity. Two, have enough people power or technology to trace recent contacts. Three, you need a small caseload so you can track all those contacts. And four, you need the potentially infected people to cooperate with testing and quarantine. This model probably would mean having lockdowns on and off as the virus spreads and recedes. That is, until we have widespread immunity.
3: I think the best case scenario is for us to get to a place where we can basically be modulating our social distancing and our control efforts to where we can keep transmission at a kind of manageable level for both our healthcare system and minimizing kind of overall illness and death, um, but also having as much of our normal societal processes as we can. And I think we're probably going to modulate back and forth between more or less extremes of both of those as we figure out what, the, what we're kind of capable of doing or, and achieving. And I should also say that's also mixed in with um, both the local processes and also the kind of between location processes. So the extent to which people are traveling and moving around, that obviously makes it much more difficult to achieve kind of local control. So I think there may also be some kind of changes in movement. So as people may know, one of the first things China did quite early on was um, reduce travel from the province where the outbreak was occurring from uh, two other provinces. And that was enabled them to go to the other provinces and actually reduce transmission when it was first getting started. So the province where it all started Got hit really hard, but most other provinces in China saw much, much, much smaller epidemics because they greatly limited travel among uh, provinces in China. So I think you can imagine something similar happening where, whether it's interstate movement or within county movement or certain kinds of uh, travel. So I think there's uh, some data suggesting that airplanes are obviously a relatively high risk uh, place to be for spreading respiratory infections. And so whether it means we reduce air travel for a while, um, some of those kind of things could basically help with some of the more local. Uh, control strategies.
0: I ran this by Will Forrest, the county epidemiologist we heard from last week. I asked him if he thought this test-trace quarantine model could work here in the county. That is, assuming we had the testing capacity and all the other criteria. I think,
4: I suppose yes. If you could test everybody today and know who was infected and who was not, and you had the resources to isolate those people very thoroughly. And when you isolate someone and they <clears throat> get through it, then the virus in that person is dealt with and is out of our public system. And if you could identify and isolate effectively all of the infected people, yes. But you see why I say that's theoretically possible.
0: Will says the timing of testing is important. Everyone would have to get tested in a short period of time.
4: So even with the, I'll call it the perfect situation that you're sort of hypothesizing, um, even with that, you've still got to be able to do all the testing very, very abruptly, sort of all at once. Or you miss people. If we're really effective with the drastic measures that we're taking right now, we should see the curve stop going up so steeply and have fewer new cases. And if you get few enough new cases, then I can imagine getting back into a situation where you could potentially do the, the legwork to trace those contacts and isolate everybody. But remember, in some places where they're talking about that kind of thing, at at least in China. I'm not sure about other places. They are taking measures far more stringent than what we're doing here in California, where we're saying, don't go to your job, stay in your house. You're not allowed to have visitors. They were much more stringent than that in China.
0: So how do we increase our testing? Right now, we don't have testing in our county. Samples are sent to Santa Clara County's public health department and commercial labs. One solution might come from UC Santa Cruz. The campus has several lab machines that could run viral tests. Those machines can run 100 samples every two hours or so. The campus also has robots that can assist with testing. I contacted the campus associate vice chancellor for research. I asked him if the campus was planning anything. He wrote to me that testing is among the ideas that they're evaluating. They haven't announced anything official. Over the hill, Stanford faculty and alumni have formed a COVID-19 task force. They're working on testing, prevention, and treatment. I heard about the project from the owner of Spanner, a Santa Cruz engineering company. They volunteered their services to the group. All right, let's assume for a second that our county could amass enough large-scale testing capacity. What about the next step? How do we trace all those recent contacts of infected people? One solution could be a cell phone app. Some countries like South Korea and Israel are using location trackers on cell phones to trace recent movements of people who have tested positive. Health officials can use that data to identify and warn people who might have been exposed to the virus. In the US, government leaders are exploring similar uses of cell phone data. Of course, there are privacy and ethical considerations. For example, the Chinese government is using an app to make automated decisions on quarantine. That probably wouldn't fly in the US. But there are advantages to cell phone tracking, said Marm Kilpatrick, the UCSC professor. Interviews aren't perfect. For example, can you name 20 people that you crossed paths with this week? Even if you could, you wouldn't know about, say, the person that rode in the elevator three minutes before you did. So maybe places like Santa Cruz County that have limited staff and resources could use tech to aid their response, Kilpatrick said. Or maybe harness the many smart and capable people who are right now sitting at home and want to help. To get to these potential solutions, we need to deal with the reality on the ground. The big question, do we have enough hospital beds and ventilators? How ready are we to handle a surge of people who might need hospitalization in the next few weeks? We have two hospitals in the county with intensive care units. Watsonville Community Hospital has eight intensive care beds out of a total 106 beds. The hospital has 15 ventilators. Six of those ventilators have limited capacity. Here is Dan Brothman. He's the chairman of the hospital's board. I spoke with him by phone Tuesday.
5: If the state comes up with ventilators, we'll absolutely take them. And we'll be able to equip more rooms then. But right now, our... um, where we feel that the number, the total number of ventilators that we have, the the the, um, the ones that can do everything and the others, we think that we have a, a fairly sufficient number. But again, it just kind of depends upon the number of patients. If we if, if we are inundated the way some of the hospitals in New York or the one or the hospitals of Italy, nobody will have enough. So I just can't really predict at this point in time.
0: Dan told me they'll find some way to get more ventilators if they need to. He also said the hospital can add to its 106 beds. Usually around 60 of those beds are filled.
5: I don't know that we'll be able to get to 140, but we will certainly be able to, and you know, if the numbers grow, we will, we'll put patients in um, in, in non-patient, you know, non-patient room areas. You know we'll keep people in the recovery room. mean we'll do all kinds of things and we'll get the numbers up but you know we are we are you know kind of a medium-sized rural hospital you know i think that the um you know when you're when you're in a big city there there are a lot more resources so we have limited resources but we will we will use every space that we have in the hospital and we will utilize every person in the community that we can the um uh, the ambulatory surgery centers have reached out to us and offered their assistance. As I said, a pharmacist has, um, has reached out to us, and, and people who have retired have, have, have already contacted us. And we, that's, that's what you do in an emergency.
0: Dominican Hospital in Santa Cruz also has an intensive care unit. The hospital's capacity, though, is harder to pin down. The administrators would not give me numbers. But a 2018 report I found said that the hospital has 222 beds. 30 of those were special care beds. That includes the intensive care unit. Both hospitals right now have capacity for the current demand. Their emergency rooms are less busy than usual. People are staying away unless they really need the help. Both hospitals also have put up large tents in their emergency room parking lots. They screen people outside, and people with flu-like symptoms are treated in a different area. But what about a few weeks from now? What's the projected demand, and can the hospitals rise to meet it? If Santa Cruz had no lockdown, then we could project about 13,000 hospital beds needed in the next 10 weeks. That's a back of the napkin calculation from Marm Kilpatrick, the UCSC professor. It's based on hospitalization rates we've seen elsewhere. Keep in mind, that 13,000 figure, that's if we did nothing and went back to our normal lives. But of course, we are doing something. The state lockdown is decreasing transmission, but we don't know by how much since we don't have the testing.
1: Here's a few other things we learned in our reporting this week. Like the rest of the state and nation, Santa Cruz County is burning through personal protective equipment like masks and gowns. The county's plan is to conserve gear. That's according to Mimi Hall. She's the county's health services director. Healthcare workers and first responders get the gear first. Another way that medical providers are conserving gear like masks and gowns is that they're separating potential COVID patients from other patients. That's the national guideline. Leaders from Watsonville Community Hospital and Dominican Hospital seem to be preparing for a shortage of this gear. Leaders from both hospitals put out calls for donations of protective equipment. They need masks, specifically N95 masks, gowns, gloves, goggles, and hand sanitizer. If you'd like to donate to Watsonville Hospital, call 831-763-6040. If you'd like to donate to Dominican, call 831-462-7712. The hospital also has donation bins open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. near the main hospital entrance. The hospital is at 1555 Soquel Avenue in Santa Cruz. We'll put this information in the show notes and in the transcript. We wanna hear from you. Tell us what questions you have about the local response to the coronavirus. Please fill out our survey. We answered a lot of your questions in our COVID-19 resource page. That link is at santacruzlocal.org slash COVID-19. You can also leave us a voicemail. The number is 831-222-0460. We want to hear how you're doing, your concerns, and any stories you want to share about how you're coping. We'll share some of those voicemails on our podcast. If you haven't already, sign up for our email newsletter. This week, we covered Santa Cruz City Council and the County Board of Supervisors in their eviction moratoriums. Read more about that at santacruzlocal.org. Times like these show the need for reliable local reporting. Our work is free, but we need your support. Please become a member and support our work. The membership signup is at santacruzlocal.org. Finally, thank you to our Guardian-level members, Chris Neckleson, Patrick Riley, Elizabeth and David Doolin, and the Kelly family. I'm Stephen Baxter.
0: And I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman.
1: Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local.